Amid the quarantine, I curated conversations ranging from mental health, personal growth, race relations, marriage, and church leadership. Of the 110 conversations, here's my top 15. This is the John Peacock Podcast. Welcome to season one. Really special guest on. I, I met him when I played baseball at the University of Kentucky. And I was a freshman and I was there at the University of Kentucky. And I'll never forget when we were introduced to our chaplain and uh, our coach, Keith Madison, who's such a good man. He said, hey, we have a local pastor that has agreed to be our chaplain and, and in walks this guy into our locker room. And within one minute, I just thought this guy is the coolest guy I'd ever met. And he did a chapel for us that day. I started to attend his church. And it's just amazing the story. Fast forward about five, six, because it took me a while to graduate college, five, six, seven years. Uh, I end up seeing this guy up in Chicago. Long story short, Mike Bro and his incredible family mean the world to me. And Mike and his wife have and are examples to me and Kelly on what it looks like to lead for the long haul on what it looks like to pastor, uh, but not sacrifice your family on the altar of ministry. And so tonight with us from Kentucky is Mike. Bro, Mike, how you doing? Hey, buddy. How are you, man? Good to see your face and hear your voice. And uh, what what our friends don't know, Mike, is... Um, this is an we had a major accomplishment just making this work, didn't we? <laughs> Absolutely, man. I am like the worst tech guy ever. So uh, I, was, I was looking for my kids. Hey, show me how to work this thing. So, <laughs> but we made but it we, work, dude. We did it. We did it. And, you know, these are interesting days. You know, I mean, when's the last time we, it took us 30 minutes just to learn how to talk to each other? And, you know, everything <laughs> right. is changing and everything is changing so fast. And, and yet there's some things that are constant and some things that that remain the same. And man, I just I'd love to just have a chat. I mean, I love you got the yeah. fireplace lit. I'd love to just hear from your perspective, Mike, just some of your thoughts on everything that's going on in our world and, and, and in our days. Yeah, you know, um, I guess one of the things I've really been holding on to is that, you know, passes of scripture says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. So in uncertain, ever-changing times, uh, we, knew, we, we know we have an unchanging God who is uh, not only with us, but if we're believers in Jesus, he's in us and gives us the comfort and the courage and the peace that uh, the Bible says, you know, you can't even explain it to people, the peace that he gives. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's, you know, peace, in our world, peace is kind of the absence of conflict. Uh, but according to Jesus, it's calm in the middle of conflict, and only he can mm-hmm. give you that. So I've been just kind of hanging right there and trying to encourage people that way to lean into God like never before. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, you're right, man. This is unprecedented times for us, at least in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jesus Christ is the same. and He's, he's the rock to, to build your life on. And mm-hmm. I, I just my prayer is that uh, everybody would come to know that. You know? And I don't say that like as a, as a pastor guy. I'm saying that as a guy that's, you know, searched most of his life looking for an answer. And and he is that answer. And I just I just I just know there's hope for everybody. 
no matter what you've done or where you've been or, or you know, what your background is, that Jesus Christ, he's pursuing all of us during this time with his love. And I just, mm. I just my, my deepest prayer is that people would find him uh, because he's the mm. answer to all of life. Mm. And Mike, you know, tell us, you know, right now you're, I'm guessing you're, you're in back in Lexington. Yep. Debbie, you guys are hanging out. How are you and Debbie doing? Give us kind of an update. We're, we're doing great, man. Yeah, we, uh, we came actually, uh, we live in Ventura, California, and uh, we're, we're a part of the other mission church on the West Coast. Yeah. And uh, Hey, by, know, the, by yeah. the way, Mike, Mike is going to be on the show here in a couple weeks. Your son-in-law. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we, we uh, had scheduled a little vacation time uh, to come to, uh, to come to Kentucky and hang out with our family for a while. And now we're, looks like we're going to be here for quite a while. So I'm, I'm shooting a bunch of video teachings and stuff for the different churches I teach at, which I, I, I love doing that. Uh, but we're going to be here for a little while. It's, it's been good to be here, actually, uh, mm-hmm. to, be, to be close to family. We miss our family back in California, but it's also been, been good to be here with Debbie's mom and uh, mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of leave uh, fears that could uh, be welling up inside of someone living by themselves. So it's been good to be here. So we're, we're, we're all doing great, man. We're just, uh, you know, trying to do what everybody else is doing, try to practice that physical, physical distancing without the social distancing, because we want to remain social and connected to people. And we're trying to do that, taking a lot of walks, yeah. man. Uh, <laughs> been e- e- eating way too much stuff. <laughs> I know that. So but one of the hard things is, man, I need my roots done. And it's just driving me crazy that I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's one thing I never, will never say in my life. <laughs> hey, uh, Marcy uh, Damiani sends her love uh, to you and oh, Debbie. She's the best, man. She she truly is the best, and she's one of our prayer warriors. And uh, her and her husband Rich are just just such gifts to my life. We, we and, love uh, that family, man. You know, Mike. You know, I mean, I guess it was 2007. I think um, I had a, a brief stint of of getting to to work with you, right? And you know, I was just starting as a pastor. And, you know, just the amount of things I learned from you, uh, I'm, I mean, the list is the list is really long just by just watching you, how you how you were with people, watching how you walked through the lobby, watching you mean a list of things not to do is what you learned <laughs> looking at me. Right. I mean, but, but here's the thing. I mean, there's there's some there's some pastors that can claim some major things that, that they accomplish. And I I think there's some things you can claim, but I think perhaps the biggest thing of all time that you can claim is you are the one that made it completely acceptable to preach in a hoodie and Nikes. <laughs> you did that. Yeah. Uh, that's just my everyday attire, man. So <laughs> I can't believe I don't have a hoodie on right now. I just took, I I just took one off. I got hot. <laughs> oh, but man. when I was a, when I was just starting out, Mike, I remember we, we played golf together and we had a breakfast together and you said something to me that I've preached. I mean, our people have heard me say it many times is to re-wallpaper your mind every day yeah. to the truth of God's yeah. word. And I'd love for you to just riff on that for a minute. Yeah. You know, you know, the scripture tells us and it's in Romans 12 where it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And there's two parts to that. First of all, transformation is something only God can do from the inside out. So when we surrender our lives to God and say, God, go to work inside of me because I need to change. And he says, great, I will do that. My power alone can cause that transformation in you. Here's what I'm asking you to do. 
why don't you renew your mind in the process? Cooperate with me in this transformation process by renewing your mind. And I just kind of ref- had referred to it as re-wallpapering your mind. Uh, I love to do remodeling projects and I uh, just got done with one actually out in California. I love, I love tearing stuff up. My wife makes fun of me, says I'm Chip and Joanna. I like to tear it up. And then I like to pick up the pillows. I mean, it's just weird, but I, I love doing remodeling stuff. But the worst thing about remodeling is stripping wallpaper. I mean, I think that's what hell's going to be stripping wallpaper for eternity <laughs> while waiting in an outlet mall. That's the two worst places for me. Uh, but uh, that, that in order to, you know, when we, we become a follower of Jesus, um, we, we do, there's not like a, even though we're a brand new person, we've been totally forgiven of everything. You, you've probably noticed like I have, there's not like a delete button in your head. Mm. You know, you still got some of the old habits, some of the old baggage, some of the old memories, some of the old go-tos, uh, you know, that, that you've had for a lot of years. And you've been, you kind of been driving down the same old road, you know, for mm. a long, long time. So that re-wallpapering your mind, stripping off the old and putting on the new is such a key to cooperating with God in the transformation process. And, you know, it says, I just, actually, I just taught on this a few weeks ago in Anaheim, uh, the, the, the uh, uh, Philippians 4, 8, where it says, whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. That's the new wallpaper that you mm. wallpaper your mind with. Say, God, what's true? What's right? What's lovely? What's noble? And all the stuff that isn't, that's the stuff I want to strip off because mm. I, I had a bunch of non-true, non-lovely, non-pure thoughts in my mind. And still that, still those thoughts come, come back, but they don't plaster my mind anymore. Mm. I, like, like a buddy of mine uh, who's just, his transformation has been absolutely staggering just to watch it. It's, they have a front row to his transformation and one of the highlights of my life. His name is Keith and, and Keith, uh, uh, he, he wouldn't mind me telling you this because we, we wrote a book together about it, but uh, he, he was the at one time the second largest porn distributor in the United States and wow. gave his life to Jesus Christ. He's had all kinds of addictions. And to see this dude walk free for the past six years, totally walked away from the industry and uh, leads so many people through recovery groups, AA and stuff, and just a wonderful guy. Um, but he, uh, he told me one time, he goes, you know what, I used to literally have thousands of porn images on my phone He goes, I took them all off and now I got thousands of scriptures on my phone. Mm, so it's, yes. it's not, a, it's not enough just to resist. You have to replace. So mm. as you, as you resist, as you get rid of, as you strip off the old wallpaper, you have to re wallpaper your mind with, with the good stuff or those old thoughts will, will come back. So that, that's kind of the way mm. I've, I've taught it out and the way I'm trying to practice it in my own life. So powerful. This um, this fall I did a I did a teaching series called Swing Thought, mm-hmm. um, off of golf, and I know you like to golf and yeah. talked about the the thoughts you think before the actions you take that influence the outcomes you want. Yeah. And you know you would have liked it because there was a lot of golf illustrations. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and what I did is I took um, and it's just it's fun to say that so many people from our church are watching this. Uh, you guys need to know like. Often I will email Mike and be like, hey, I'm doing this series. You got any thoughts on it? I just taught on anxiety a few weeks ago. You helped me so yeah. much put that content together. So um, anyway, uh, amazing. But the, the, the way I put some of the content together for that swing thought was from your book, Identity Theft. Oh, cool. And yeah, so I'd love for you to, you know, I'm talking to a lot of different folks right now. 
you know, over 3 million people have lost their jobs this past week. Right, right. Uh, we're forecasting more is, is probably going to happen. And that is, huh, that's, and, and maybe they didn't lose their job, but their job isn't what it was. Right. I'd love just for a second, you know, maybe for a couple minutes, talk about identity, especially right now when things that you used to be able to depend on that gave you that identity are being stripped right. away. Right. Um, any thoughts on that would be great. It kind of goes back to, uh, you know, what I said in the beginning about, you know, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. If your identity is in him, that you see yourself first and foremost as a much loved child of the most high God. Mm. But that's your identity. Then all the other stuff is just like parts, kind of the frame around mm. your identity. Uh, you know, my, my identity is not in, in my job. My identity is not even in my marriage. Uh, my identity is not in how much money I make. My, money, my identity is not in, uh, you know, my, my looks or my physical stature or anything like that. My identity, first and foremost, is just knowing, man, I'm, I am totally loved. And when you know yes. that, and I think, I think it's the ballgame. When, when you, you know, the Apostle Paul, he wrote one of the coolest prayers. It's in Ephesians chapter 3, kind of in the back of the New Testament part of the Bible. And he, and he talks about how, he said, my deepest prayer for you guys is that you would just grasp how high, how wide, how deep, how long the love of God is for you. And then when you do that, man, you'll be filled with all the fullness that comes from Christ. And that's the key to life, man. When you realize that you are, you are, that's your identity, a much loved child of, of this good, good father, you know, uh, and that's, that's one of the things I think that, well, I actually know God pursues us all of our life with relentless love, unfailing love. And I think that during this time, that's one of the things that's happening. Uh, you know, in no way did God cause this type of thing. But in the midst of bad things, God pursues us with this love to say, come on, I'm here. I'm with you. I love you. Please look up and grasp how wide, how deep, how long, how wide my love is for you. And when you finally grasp that, and the word, I'm sorry, I'm rambling here, man. But the word no, for good. grasp, I did a little word study on it. The word for grasp, the ancient Greek word, the root word meant to rust or decay or to corrode. So it's kind of cool that he was saying, mm. I don't want you just to show up at a church or join a Zoom party or whatever and, and learn about the love of God. I, I want you to let it eat all the way through you, mm. to, grasp, to grasp it, to let that just mm. go all the way through your soul. Because when it does, then you got your identity nailed down. And when you got that identity nailed down, it doesn't matter what happens in this life. You still know who you are, yes. whose you are, where you're going, what you're about. All those big questions of life are, are answered when you get that identity question answered in your heart. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> Mike, I, I really feel like there's a lot of business folks that are on this right now. They needed to hear exactly what you just said. And there's a lot of other folks, you know, you know, maybe they're, maybe they're not leading a business or whatever, but this identity part, I mean, the things that we used to depend on, you know, this is a low tide moment. It's revealing all those things. And at the same time, it's revealing the steadfast love of Jesus that is chasing us down and is pursuing man. us. Absolutely. Man, powerful. Well, Mike, this has been awesome. I, I would love for you to you know, just say a prayer for uh, certainly for our church, you know, here, yeah. I know you love this area. You passed in this, this area for a long too. time and, um, in the early days, man, I, I sat on your front porch, me and Kelly, thinking about what to name this church, right. um, being impacted and equipped by you on learning how to preach and, and communicate. So 
I know you love our people. You've taught uh, do, more than a couple times. And All right. But man, if you if you'd pray for us right now as we we finish up, that'd be that'd be great. And oh, uh, and then and then then you know what's next. We got a recipe we got to talk about. Oh yeah, I got that. That's the most important thing. I got I got some <laughs> I got some I got a little southern stuff to throw at Come you on. today. Come so, on, man. Let me pray. Hey God, thank you so much for John and Kelly and their their family and thank you for all the families that make up Mission Church. Uh, I thank you, Lord, that uh, church isn't something you go to. It's something we are. And I, and I pray that, as John talked about a little bit earlier, that we would really be the salt of the earth and we would be the light of the world during this time, that we would trust you unconditionally to know that your faithfulness is true, uh, to know that your promises are never been broken, that you're with us, you're in us. Uh, you give us this peace that transcends all human understanding. God, it's my prayer that everybody listening right now would just experience that kind of peace, that they would lean into you and just know that it's going to be okay because you never change. And uh, Father, I, I thank you for the reminder, at least in my own own spirit during the last couple of weeks, that uh, this world's really not my home. Mm. And if I if I can live with an eternal mindset to know that, you know, this is this is temporary, just here for a while, and that you. You put good things in our lives to give us just a little taste, a little foretaste of what mm -hmm. heaven's going to be like someday. And Jesus, you told us that uh, this life would be hard. You were straight up when you said that. And it is. Uh, but you said, don't let your hearts be troubled because I've overcome the world and I prepared a place for you that's going to be perfect and pain free and disease free and quarantine free and evil free. And God, we look forward to that place. We really look forward to that place. Mm -hmm. um, but in the meantime, I pray that you would use us to be the salt of the earth and lie of the world while we're here in this in this broken world. And I pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. That's thank you, Mike. Thank you, buddy. Love thank you. you. Love you, man. Now you're gonna you're gonna talk to us about some southern. Are we? Oh, we got, got some southern my, cooking. What we got? Yeah, my wife Debbie. She's the best in lots of ways. But man, with sweet tea, y'all, y'all know us. Now, now, if you if you if you kind of live like north of what they call the Mason Dixon line, you, you, it's hard to find sweet tea. You can find it at Chick Fil A sometimes. You can find it at McDonald's sometimes. But I got to give you the recipe for Debbie's sweet tea and her corn, or her cornbread too. So I'm gonna put on the oh. glasses here so I can read this read this recipe. Kentucky cornbread. Here here you go. You Come got, on. And this and this is unbelievably good. All right. One hey, box. Hey, Mike. Yeah, Kel my my wife Kelly is watching. So Kelly, you can hear me and you can see me right now. Write down what he's saying. Kentucky right. cornbread. This is important. Come on, write this down because this Come is on. so good, man. <laughs> One box of Jiffy cornbread mix, eight ounces of sour cream, two eggs, one stick of soft butter, one small frozen bag of corn, mixed together. Bake 350 degrees until golden brown for 25 to 30 minutes, and then just tape it to your sides because it, <laughs> it is so stinking good, man. Yeah. And to, to go along with that, you got to have this to, to wash it down. And I'm telling you, neither one of these are on the keto diet. None of neither one of these. Sweet tea. Boil one cup. Boil six cups of water. Uh, steep one gallon tea bag for 20 minutes. Pour two cups, <laughs> pour two cups of sugar <laughs> into a gallon pitcher. <laughs> uh, Kelly just stopped writing. 
Uh, <laughs> pour hot steep tea into pitcher. Stir until sugar is dissolved. You got to do this in order too. Fill pitcher with water until full. And again, mm. just tape it to your side or whatever. <laughs> but man, that's that's Kentucky eating right there, man. I wish I could throw in some uh, uh, grits and <laughs> gravy and biscuits in there too. But uh, you you got to do the cornbread. It's it's awesome. Yes. Oh man, this is so rich. Hey, just praying for everybody at Mission Church, praying for you guys. It's so cool that this is Together Tuesday and what you guys are doing for first responders. And there's so many churches. What's been cool is because I'm I'm a part of a bunch of different churches and I feel I even feel a part of, of mission there. But uh, uh it, to see all the different churches doing so many different creative things to be the salt of the earth and light of the world during this time is really, really fun yes. to watch. And to see yes. how, you know, may, maybe maybe we'll be known for, uh, like the early church was, man, these people love everybody. Wouldn't that be cool? Mm. Mm. That's it. That's it right All there. Right, hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. For more content or to watch this episode, visit johnpeacock.com. Until next time, keep your eyes open. Hold tight to your convictions. Give it all you've got. Be resolute and love without stopping.